are there any kind of signs or signals of a good time to be like, right, I should probably think about trademarking this? Yeah, absolutely. So I like to use something called the gut punch test. So I actually think like trademarking is almost more emotional than than anything else um, because we do become attached to our business names. And so it, it might be like, you know, seeing your boyfriend making out with someone else and you just getting a huge like punch in the gut, right? Yeah. If you think think of your business name, your brand name that you have loved and grown over the years and invested time and money in, think of that in your head. If you get an email tomorrow with a cease and desist letter saying someone else got the trademark and you have to rebrand in 10 days, how do you feel? Like if you get the gut punch, when you're thinking of your name, then it's time to trademark. Hey, hi, Achiever. I'm Susie, your podcast host and founder of the Female Leadership Collective. At the Collective, we celebrate women breaking free from the path that society created for them and using their gifts towards making a huge impact in the world and carving their own freedom-based lives. In each episode on this show, I'll be interviewing women who, like me, ditched their impressive careers at some of the world's most powerful companies and boldly stepped out to create their own brands, businesses, cultures, and teams. Hear from women who are at the cutting edge of redefining what it means to be a successful female leader in business. You'll learn how they did it and actionable takeaways on how you can implement their strategies to own your vision, courageously go after it and flourish in your life and business. I left my career at the world's largest investment bank over five years ago, moved to tropical paradise and built my own online business. It wasn't easy, but wow, was it worth it. Now I mentor other female leaders to launch and scale their own online businesses and step into their true paths of freedom. Today we are talking about a really important topic and it's not necessarily the sexiest but it is such an essential conversation for us to have. We are talking about law and legal things. So we have the wonderful Sarah on from Destination Legal and she um, is a former corporate lawyer. She started her business after craving more of a digital nomad life and she tells our story so I won't spill the secrets but um, she now has her business Destination Legal and it provides things like templates and trademarking services and things like this and we dive into everything legal on this episode. And to be honest, like I, if you're in my programs, I very much preach that it's very important for you to have contracts from the very start of your business whenever you do any transaction with a client, not only to protect yourself, but also taking your business seriously, energetically, it's sending a signal out like I am an entrepreneur, I have a real business. Because when you first start a business, it can be so easy to just be like, oh, I'm just taking on a friend as a client and I've not really sort of started yet. That's leaky energy. We want to start this, birth this real business from the very start because that signals to the universe that you're ready for business, you're open for business and you can take on way more clients that are not your friends, right? Because you've got this infrastructure set up. And for me, if I'm a client, buying uh, a coaching program from a coach for multiple thousands of dollars, I expect to sign a contract. I want to sign a contract because I want there to be some rules in place, right? If I'm parting with that amount of money. And, and if a coach doesn't send me a contract, then the, the chances I probably won't work with them because, because that is a red flag for me. That is a red flag that they don't see their business as, uh, as professional as I would. And also it, it also comes across to me as they're not confident because they don't want to put these things into writing. So if you're someone who has started your business and you haven't got these things in place, then I really, really urge you to. And I know that some of my clients, despite me saying all of this, they get really nervous about adding contracts to their process. And honestly, you know, I'm an expert in sales. You know, I've got 10 years of sales experience and adding a, a contract to your sales process is essential. And if you have a client that doesn't want to sign a contract, well, that is a red flag to not take that client on, right? It's another great filter, like your discovery call questions to qualify clients. 
a contract is a great filter right so you know to work with me you need to sign my contract that's how it works and if you don't want to sign my contract then you can't work with me and I want you to have the same energy in your business and it brings this confidence in your services right and also on the consumer side they just know where they stand and it's just a lot easier um, it, it makes for a lot cleaner of a relationship. So this conversation is so, so important. I really want you to go away from it, realizing how important this is and knowing that you are going to have a contract with the first client you bring on, even if it is your friend, even if it is your friend and more so if it is your friend, because I, I'm really passionate about this because it's so important and I want you all to protect yourself because friends, it can be easy to go, like, oh, we don't need a contract as a friend we will resolve any conflict. But actually, if you have conflict with a friend, it's potentially even more awkward and uncomfortable and emotionally draining than it is someone who you don't have a personal relationship with. So actually take away that nervousness, take away that risk and have a contract between each other and just say, oh, okay, I just sent a contract for, this is just standard for any client that I work with. So um, I, even though you're a friend, I'll send it to you as, as well anyway. Um, it, it's easy, just get it signed. And so it means that the contract does a lot of the talking of, where, of you know the position that your friend needs to take. So that a lot of the gray areas is already covered by the contract and you don't need to say, okay, these are the rules, these are the rules. It's already in the contract. They've signed it. They've read it done. Takes away a lot of the, the, the gray area and the unknowns. So I've done my bit in trying to preach legal to you. And now it's over to the conversation with Sarah and it's absolutely value packed. You are going to learn so much. The other thing that I see as well with people avoiding having contracts is this kind of ego of, well, I do a great job, so I don't really need a contract because nothing's going to go wrong. And if you're thinking that, I invite you to bring your head out of the clouds because it's nothing to do with your capabilities. You could be the best coach in the world, but you still, and you could have the intentions to deliver the most incredible service, but life happens, things happen in your personal life. What if something happened and it meant that you couldn't show up to, like what if real extreme circumstances happened and you couldn't show up to a coaching call and then everybody asked for their money back, right? You just can't predict these things things and you need to protect yourself from them and also the other thing is people are unpredictable life happens to them and you don't know how they're going to act and having a contract in place gives you a set of rules it protects you but also it gives you the control you can then decide if someone brings something to you you can decide what you want to do with that so I would just invite you to, if, if you're kind of in that mindset of, oh, I don't need a contract, I've got a great relationship with my audience, with my clients, I do a great job, there's no need, then that is the, in my opinion, the incorrect mindset to have, because no one is too good to have a contract. Welcome, Sarah. I am so excited to have you on the show today. And we are talking about a really important topic, which is everything legal everything law so I'm excited to talk about this because it's really really important and I know my audience and my clients always have so many questions about it so welcome to the show thank you so much for having me excited to chat today so my first question is I would love for you to just introduce yourself to the listeners so tell them who you are what you do they've already got a bit of a hint um, and then we can dive more into your story Perfect. So, you know, my name is Sarah. I'm an attorney. I'm the founder of Destination Legal, and we help coaches and online business owners build legally protected businesses. And the way that we do that is really in two main ways. We have a legal template shop where we sell downloadable, do-it-yourself, customizable contracts, everything from coaching contracts to service providers, retreats, all of that. And then we also offer registered trademark packages and while you know legal may not be the most sexy topic that everyone wants to talk about uh, i hope to change everyone's mind today because it really is so important and once you have your legal in place you just feel stronger and more confident and empowered in your business and that's really what we're here to do and help make sure because the more businesses the more people that are protected the better off everybody is 
Yes, I'm so on your side with this. <laughs> so first of all, I would actually love to just dive into your background and your story to entrepreneurship, because I think that's really useful for people to understand. We've got lawyers in the audience as well. So how did you did you start off in corporate? Presumably, obviously, you did a lot of training before starting your business. So walk us through that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I went to law school straight from university because I didn't really know what else to do. I knew I knew I loved to travel. I knew, you know, I wanted to help people, but there was no like one career that I could see myself doing for decades and decades. And so I went to law school. I figured couldn't hurt to have a law degree. Um, I thought maybe I'd do like human rights or women's health or something like that. Like so many lawyers, I got sucked in and ended up working at a regulatory law firm in Washington, D.C. right after law school. Um, and within six months, I think I knew it wasn't for me. You know, this was when I was 25 and yeah, I didn't love the long hours. I'm definitely I don't have workaholic tendencies like some people do. I just don't. Um, and I didn't want to go to the corner office. It just wasn't where I saw myself in 30 years. So. I stuck it out for about two years, and after that, I had a little bit of a career jump and ended up working um, in international health law for a while, which was really good. It, and it seemed like it would be my dream job because I got to travel. I went all over Asia and Africa and the Middle East, and I was um, working on the ground with with uh, ministries of health and doing really interesting things. But when I wasn't traveling, I was sitting in a windowless office writing reports for the government that I'm sure nobody ever read. And so, you know, like I think a lot of business owners um, at some point in their corporate careers or law firm careers, like have that kind of moment where you're like, what am I doing with my life? What do I really want? And what I really wanted was freedom. Even though I was living in this great city, I had great friends, supposedly at my dream job, I just wasn't happy. I just wasn't happy. And so I started Googling like travel and work, work and travel. This was like, you know, over 10 years ago now, I thought, well, I really don't wanna be a travel agent or work on a cruise, like what else is there? And I found a podcast started by these two guys and they were talking all about living in Bali and running a business from their laptop. And I was <laughs> like, this is it. You can do this now. You can run a business from your laptop. So. That was such a pivotal moment for me. And I started listening to this podcast to and from my job every day, just walking back and forth. And after a few months, they started talking about how they were offering this two week workshop on an island in the Philippines about how to start your first online business. So that was it for me. I quit my job, cashed in my 401k, went to, went to the Philippines and started my first business, which back then was called the Bootstrap Lawyer. And I actually shut that down after about six months because it wasn't fun. I, I like wasn't into the lawyer thing. I didn't want to be a lawyer. And so I spent a couple years kind of floundering. I was doing some consulting, working for some other people. I started a, an online furniture shop and um, was doing the digital nomad thing. I was living in Thailand and Vietnam and in Europe. And along the way, I kept meeting all of these business owners, new online business owners, who once they found out I was a lawyer, just started asking for help. What's a privacy policy? Can you review this contract for me? I need a trademark. And so eventually um, I gave in, right? And so I realized that I had a skill that people needed and um, it did, that was how Destination Legal was born. And it really is just about helping people, making sure they're protected and you know, I'll be the first to admit, I don't love talking about privacy policies all day long. Fortunately, I don't have to. Um, but what I love is what legal does for people and what destination legal does for businesses, which is just make sure that they're protected and that then they can have the freedom business that they want, because that's what I was able to have. And that's what was so important to me. So that's, yeah. that's the, the, the story. Wow, I love this. I was like nodding along to everything you said because so many things you said is like so similar to my story in the sense that, you know, you said, oh, I didn't want the corner office, like exactly the same as me. Like who won't really 
lives to have a corner office like I know some people yeah. do but like what are you must be missing so many things and just I love the evolution of you know just it's, it's really difficult especially as someone who like made a decision to go into a career you you used a phrase that was like oh it can't hurt to get a law degree and I think so many people will relate to that so many people listening will be like that's why I chose my degree like can't hurt to get a medicine degree or <laughs> accounting degree and no one thinks about it any further than that and then you wonder why oh this doesn't necessarily feel aligned so I think your story is so relatable to people I actually would love before we go on to why law is really important for business owners I actually want to flip it and talk about because a lot of people listening who are in these corporate careers like law, accounting, banking, it's really hard for them to see how can they use this skill into their own business because it's so corporate and you're used to working for these big multinationals, right? But with your business, you found a way to use your skill and also you create a business model that does have passive income, right? With templates and things like yeah. this. I would love for you to just talk talk about this to the listeners. Did you ever come up against that wall? Because for me, my past is banking. I, I first thought, well, I can't create a bank. <laughs> like, how am I supposed yeah. to? So I would yeah. love for you to talk through that. Yeah, so it's really interesting because, you know, 10 years ago, virtual attorneys or law firms didn't exist. It was not a thing. Um, especially in the US, we have state licensure. You're not supposed to practice anywhere but your state and certainly not how are you gonna practice online. When I first started, I knew of one other pe person, attorney that was doing this and she was getting some slack from one of the bar associations, like this can't be done. But mm -hmm. you know, law, maybe it's the same for banking and accounting is always behind the times. It's always behind technology. And so through the years, it kind of developed where people could figure out, okay, how can I use these skills, but still not get in trouble with, you know, licensing and things like that. And so templates were a way to do that because, you know, it's not an attorney service. It's not, we're not an attorney client, you know, relationship. It is a digital product. It's a template, things like that. Um, so through that, I was able to figure out how to do that virtually. And fortunately, um, you know, trademarks are a federal thing, so any attorney could do that. I think with accounting and bookkeeping and, you know, all of that is so needed in different ways. Like I have, one of my clients is amazing. She helps, she I think has a background in finance and like helps people raise their prices and charge what they're worth. I know um, I just did a talk a couple weeks ago for a, a group program of financial coaches. So people that are coaching others on their money. And so I think it really is, how can I look at my skills? What do I enjoy doing? Again, like, I don't love sitting and writing contracts. I do them sometimes, but like, you you do have to, if you don't enjoy it, you have to kind of flip your mindset on what's the outcome. So even though, as I said, like, you know, law can be boring, right? But like what it does for you isn't boring and that's what's exciting. And so in those times where I'm kind of like, ah, that's what keeps me going. So I would just urge anyone that's in that position with more of these corporate skills, like get a, get a journal, get a notebook, write down everything that you, we always underestimate our capabilities. Like we, we all have so many skills that we don't even realize. Things that come easy to you are a challenge for others. When I first started, I had a coach, a business coach, because I was having trouble charging for contracts because it was so easy for me to write a contract. It almost felt like I shouldn't be charging for it, yeah. right? But it's not easy for anyone else. And I went to school for it and you went to school for banking. And it's like, there are things that we can offer that we don't even realize. So writing down some of the skills that you have, some of the things that you can enjoy and, you know, build something around that because in today's world, in this online space, someone is looking for you, right? It's just tapping into that. Yes, I love this. That's such good advice. And I think just to add to that, it would just be thinking about your profession and your skills and how can you take that, but create one to many 
like with the yes. test, it's one to many with the course it's one to many like how can you just create that and make it once and then many people can benefit or be impacted from it so yeah, yeah I love absolutely. that I feel like everybody's like thinking now got their thinking caps yeah. on so onto the law part because I really want everyone to go away from this episode realizing how important it is and to put any fear of awkwardness behind them because they know how important it is so let's just start where should we start this let's just start with setting the tone as to I mean it's a very obvious and basic question but why is it important to protect yourself from the very start and I'll just let you know my stance on this with my coaching so I coach my clients that if they take a client on they have to have a contract from the very start there's no you get your first five and then you do one after that you know that has to you have to protect yourself from the start so I would love to hear from you why that's important. Yes, I love that. Thank you for preaching that. It's There are coaches that don't take that stance. So I'm really happy to hear that because, and you know, the basic reason is when you're coaching or doing any sort of service, you are opening yourself up to liability from day one, from client one. And once you have opened yourself up to that liability, you could be sued and a lawsuit can tank you, you know, it can, and it can happen on the first client, the thousandth, the thousandth client, or it might not happen at all. Right. But that's legal exists as a safety net, as insurance for something that could happen. We all hope that, you know, a hundred percent of our clients are going to be amazing, but that's not the case. 99% of them will, but I can promise you, 1% won't be because with legal, it's not a matter of if it's when you will run into a legal issue. So getting, getting your contract straight from the beginning is so important. And it's not just about protecting yourself from a lawsuit. That's very important, but contracts do so much more than that. They protect your sales in the case of someone asking for a refund or something like that, making sure you have those policies in place. They outline what you're offering in your package and what's included and what's not so that you can keep boundaries and expectations in check it includes intellectual property protection for anything that you're providing your clients, whether it's a template or tool or module or something. And then disclaimers are super important back to the liability that, you know, as a coach, you're not providing financial advice, legal advice, medical advice, and that, you know, you are protecting yourself from from any of those risks so you know day one absolutely people always ask me like what's the most important thing because legal can be overwhelming there are you know a lot of different things you need to think about throughout your business but that is the most important having that contract in place on day one for sure Mm, yeah I couldn't agree more and I also think energetically like the whole protecting yourself from a lawsuit thing is kind of like the one extreme but energetically as well when you're launching a business like having contracts to me just seems like you're taking it seriously right like not having a contract to sign and someone's paying you thousands of dollars I feel I feel as a consumer I would feel like that's unprofessional does this person know what they're doing it would it would create a red, red flag for me a hundred percent and that's your corporate background coming out right so I agree it's a huge red flag and I think it is important to treat your business like a business from the beginning. Um, I think some people that move into the online space don't necessarily have that same background and they're like, you know, it's fine and I, I know them or they're a friend of a friend and it's all good. But yes, I agree. When I first started out, I remember I wanted to hire a web designer to, to do my website and she didn't have a contract for me to sign. I was like, I, I'm not, I can't work with you until you do. But here you can buy one of mine and, you know, we worked something out. So then she had it. But I, I totally agree that there are a few boxes that you need to check. Um, and as you said, energetically, once you know that you have that contract in place and some of the legal in place, you put yourself forward more confidently in your business, because as you said, you're treating it like a business. Yeah, exactly. Like imagine 
Imagine taking a job and there wasn't a contract. You wouldn't really know what you, you know, you're allowed to do, not allowed to do. How long do you work? Like you, there's so many aspects. Exactly. If you're just I'm like, great. okay, you, you start on Monday. Like, okay, we'll see <laughs> yeah. you then. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to come in on Tuesday. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, these kind of things. So what? why do you think people don't do this from the start? Like, yes okay lack of knowledge but other things I see is like a fear of being uncomfortable like putting a contract in front of someone is almost rude or something like that I get these I get these kind of excuses from clients so what do you see and what do you think it is that kind of people makes people avoid creating contracts and things yeah, I think a couple things. I think one is the lack of knowledge and not understanding where to start. So then just avoiding it altogether and and having that thought of like, well, I'm sure I'll be fine and or I'll get to it later um, or I'll just find something on Google and it'll all work out. Um, so I think it's just that that concept of like overwhelm and, and not wanting to deal. I do think there what you said is interesting. I have had people say things like that that they're worried that if they hand over a contract, then the client might not sign or it's a barrier to entry or it's another step that they have to take and and they don't wanna lose them or they don't wanna seem um, lawyerly, right? Because if you hand over something like that, they don't wanna scare them away. I think that's a total mindset thing too as well, right? Because that again is just stepping into to the CEO side. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think people are concerned about cost. I think there's, and this isn't true, fortunately, but I think there is um, the thought that legal is thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and you have to go to a big law firm and talk to an 80 year old white man. It's just not that way anymore, right? So with online attorneys and template shops, you can get your contract in place for a couple hundred bucks. It's so different now than it was 20 years ago, which is really amazing because Part of what I like about Destination Legal and doing this is making legal easier and more tangible for people and not something to be scared of. Yeah, I love this. And let's just completely remove the unknown from this so people can really understand what they would need to do. So I think a blocker is sometimes people who don't like legal is such a big a big thing that sometimes people are like, oh, don't understand it, don't understand the words, and then they just avoid. So if someone, let's say, let's say it was a, a, a coach that wanted to work one-on-one with their first ever client, and they came to you to buy a template, can you walk the audience through, like, what happens, what would they need to do to then um, have a template that's ready for that client to sign? Yeah. So typically, you know, if someone purchases a template from an online attorney, it's really self-explanatory on how to fill it in. Like you're going to put your business name and you're going to put your name and you're going to put what is included in your package and how many sessions and um, what happens if they have to cancel a session? How much notice do you need? And do they miss that session? There's a lot of nuances like that. What's your payment and refund policy? Um, are you accepting payment plans? Where are you based? Where's your business? What's the jurisdiction is a big one. Um, and then once you have it, do you mean like, how do you actually get it signed? So, um, more just, I think it's just providing that comfort because there's an element of buying a template and you need to kind of put, you need to kind of adapt it slightly to your own business. So just knowing like, that they're not going to have this document and have to redo the whole thing. Like just knowing how kind of simple and easy it is. Yeah, exactly. So I can't speak to everyone's templates, but I can certainly speak to ours. And what we do for exactly that reason is we have like our main contract and then there's an attachment A that you basically fill out with the details of your package. That way you have the main contract. You don't have to update that too much. You just update that attachment depending on the package. If someone is six months, if someone's a year, if it's a mastermind. And that way it kind of allows for that. So once you have filled out the basics of your name and and all of that, then you can just update that last page without having to do everything else. Yeah, so I really hope that's kind of 
uh, provided some comfort for some of the people listening because I definitely recommend templates all the way. Like, I think it's a great thing to do. And I, I mean, I wouldn't know how to write a contract, right? So I think it's a no. really, really good option. And and paying a lawyer to write a custom contract is is where, you know, people want to get to, but it's just not feasible at the start, right? Like Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, for most businesses, especially in the online space, a template will serve you well. And then again, if if some people have more unique businesses and as they grow, things get complicated. So then you do want to reach out and potentially have a custom contract. But absolutely, templates are such a great place to start. Mm, amazing. Um, okay. So in terms of uh, if people are not yet quite convinced, do you have any kind of stories or situations that people have got into because they haven't adequate, adequately protected themselves? And I think like the whole lawsuit thing is kind of clear, like no one wants to have that, but maybe if you've got any other examples of other things that they may not have thought of. Just a little pause to tell you about an incredible opportunity for any of you craving a reset. You know you need to make a big change in your life, but you need the space to actually breathe, process, and get clarity on what choices you actually want to make. This is your exclusive invitation to join myself, my team, and a small group of high-achieving women at our luxurious and transformational women's retreat in Bali on May the 26th to June the 1st. Enter a world where all it takes is one week for your mind and body to reset. Immerse yourself in nature where your daily responsibilities are nowhere to be found. You'll finally have the space to heal and get the clarity you need to dive confidently into your true path of freedom. Going to Bali changed my life. I just had this calling to do something different. I knew I needed to shake things up. I knew I needed to change my environment, get out of the stagnant energy of the city and broaden my perspectives. I wouldn't be running my business from the tropics if it wasn't for my first trip to Bali and I have created the retreat I wished I had at the start of my journey. You'll be receiving world-class healing, coaching and wellness experiences, including like a clarity and life design workshop, the art of receiving workshop, a one-to-one -one business coaching session or life coaching session, emotional and stored energy relief breath work, inner healing through therapy, sound healing in the Pyramids of Chi, a sacred Balinese water purification ceremony with Priestess Ryan, Reiki energy healing, a women's circle and new moon ceremony to set our intentions, and community connection and belonging. Breakfast and lunch will be prepared by our private chefs at Motion Fitness Food, really delicious healthy foods you'll also get one relaxing balmies massage with our in-villa therapist unlimited coconuts to keep you refreshed and pick up and drop off airport transfers to Denver airport we'll be staying in a luxury riverside villa in the balinese jungle of ubud the healing capital of the world complete with a stunning infinity pool jacuzzi private chefs and coconuts on tap Spaces are very limited. Once the rooms are booked, they're gone. And we're running a special early bird discount until the end of February. So tap the link in the show notes for the link to join. And we could be meeting each other in Bali very soon. Yeah, absolutely. I get DMs and emails, you know, on a weekly basis with issues that have happened and mostly it's because someone didn't have a contract in place. Some of the biggest things are, you know, a client ghosting you. So, you know, I, I had, I've, this has happened more than it should for sure. Someone being like a coach running a group program, maybe it's a year long and eight months in, you know, their client reaches out and was like, I'm complete on this. I'm just leaving when they, you know, if they signed a contract, then, they still owe those payments whether they decide to participate or not. But if there's no contract, then there's nothing that you can really do and, and you miss out on those sales. Um, other issues that come back are if an angry client maybe files a chargeback 
if you have no contract or anything in place to try to fight. I know often companies will side with, with the consumer, but not always. I've heard of plenty of business owners that are able to win chargebacks because they're able to show um, a proper contract in place. Other times would be around boundaries or expectations. Like if a client is really upset and, you know, says, you owe me this, you know, you didn't respond to me and now I'm really upset. If you have a contract in place, then you have something to point to. Around COVID, a lot of business owners um, ran into issues and lost a lot of money who were hosting retreats and didn't have a retreat contract in place. Um, you know, I had a client reach out to me who had to cancel a retreat and luckily she did have a contract in place with it, but others had to refund tons of money oh. to clients because they weren't able to host the retreat. And, you know, a live event like that is a whole different beast because of, yeah. you know, liability and things you might be doing. Uh, but after COVID, I had a lot of sales on, on our retreat contract because people realized how important that was for canceling, you know, if you are shelling out money for an event space or for hotel rooms or excursions and two days before your retreat you have five people cancel like that's a big deal right and so especially for those you want to make sure to have those contracts in place so i would say those are just some of the issues there's you know i've run into some this isn't as frequent but where an angry client will start bashing their coach on social media which if you have a non-disparagement clause in your contract, they're, they're technically not supposed to do, and, and you, can, you can go to whatever social media platform that they're doing that, and, and the platform will stop them if you can show that they agreed not to do that. Um, luckily, that doesn't happen too often, but I would really say the biggest issues are around payments and refunds, and then just clarifying expectations and boundaries. Yeah, but yeah, thanks for explaining that. And I think also to then explain from a consumer side, as in the person signing your contract, just knowing where you stand, and we'll give a retreat example, just just knowing where you stand on refunds or on cancellations or whatever helps you as a consumer to know, okay, like this is the risk here or his or this isn't the risk and um maybe like am i okay with you with um not getting a refund and having a credit for example or whatever and i just think it just makes it's just professional on both sides it creates so much more of a calm buying purchase because there's no like gray areas everything's very clear and i think as a consumer i just feel like it would feel better to purchase in that way. Yeah. And, you know, I think what's nice also is as the business owner, your contract is just your starting point, right? So if you have a no refund policy, but you have a client that comes to you and has a story or an issue and, and you have the ability to decide if you want to offer a refund or not, or someone yeah. needs to, they need a different payment plan because they're strapped at the moment. It really is up to you as the business owner to enforce the contract or not. It's just having that flexibility to do so. Yeah. And I would actually like to talk about that, like a dispute as in if, if a client comes to you and tries to ask, let's say for a refund or one of those scenarios where the contract doesn't permit for it to happen, what would you, what advice would you have from like a legal kind of standpoint in how to go about that communication? Because that's a tricky thing to receive, like mentally, first of all, like very anxiety inducing. So there's so many different ways you could react and write and tone of voice and things. What would you suggest is the right way to go about it and the right mindset to have? Yeah, it's a great question and one that is happening in my inbox right now as I had um, a previous client reach out and, you know, she had someone ask for a refund and there's a no refund policy and exactly that, like, how do we go about this? And, you know, I always think starting friendly is the way to go. Like, you know, don't dive in with anything legal or attorneys or anything like that. I always think just starting with like, why are you asking or is there anything we can do to you know 
change your mind or what made you do this? And I think it really depends on the situation because is it like someone signed up for a course and never logged in so they don't even know what the material is or, you know, someone paid in full and you've coached them for three months and now they want a refund for services you've already provided. So I think it does depend on the situation. So I think sending a friendly email, whether it's from you or your team, I also definitely think sometimes having team handle these and you as the business owner staying out of it can be helpful. Um, and so just saying like, why? And, and reminding them that they signed the contract and, and we have a no refund policy. And then go from there. If they argue it, there's really nothing they can do. If they signed the agreement and there are no refunds and you've delivered on what you said you would do, there isn't anything they can do. They could try to bring a claim or file a dispute, but it would be dismissed because the contract is the contract unless they have some evidence that you breached it first, which, you know, is is unlikely. The caveat to that, excuse me, <clears throat> the caveat to that is energetically, do you want to go through this, right? And so how much is the refund? Is it $27 or $2,700 or $27,000? If it's $27, you might just want to give the refund and call it a day. If it's $2,700 or $27,000, you might not. And you might want to spend a little bit more time figuring out, is there a way to work around this to make them happy? Could they go get in on another program? Something like that. Um, so I think as the business owner, it's something you'll kind of learn as you go how much time and energy you want to spend on these things. Oftentimes people don't want to spend the time and energy and they'll let it go. And others will because it to them it's an, an integrity issue. And if someone signed a contract, they want to hold them to that. So does that answer? Yeah. 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 And I think it, it prompted other other questions as well. So I think an important thing, right, is to have a bit of a paper trail too with anything like this. And yes. I know in online businesses, there's so many platforms that we're using things like uh, Slack or Voxer or, um, you know, Facebook groups and things like this where message, messages can disappear and get lost or be deleted or whatever. So I mean, you correct me, but I think when it when it gets to anything like this, having email and making sure you're saving things and documenting things just to protect anything future happening is super important, right? Correct. You definitely want to save things, have them in writing like an email. I had someone reach out to me last year, I guess it was. She's a coach and she was coaching with someone on Voxer and they had a ton of back and forth about an issue. And then that coach deleted all the Voxers. So like any evidence was gone of that. So Messenger, Voxer, those things can be, you know, good for certain things, but anything around packages and pricing and what's being offered, for sure you want in writing or an email. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so we're kind of coming up to time and then we'll jump onto the quick fire round. But is there anything else on the legal topic, on protecting yourself, on your area of expertise that you want to comment on? Yeah. So one thing we didn't touch on, so we talked a lot about contracts. One thing we didn't touch on are registered trademarks. And so I just want people to keep these in mind. This isn't necessarily something you need to think about on day one, um, but as you grow your business and start to build a brand, having a registered trademark is a really awesome asset to have. It's something you own. If you sell your business down the road, you sell it with the business. It's something that, you know, most buyers require um, and they're really powerful. And, you know, when people come to you and they see that you own registered trademarks, so you own your programs, it gives you a level of expertise that not everyone has. So for anyone that doesn't know what they are, they're basically words or phrases, business names, brand names, um, you know, program names that that you would own for your services. So when you walk down the street and see a white cup with a with a green circle, like you know that it's Starbucks. When you see a shoe with a swoosh, you know it's Nike. So these things exist so the consumer knows who is selling something. And in the online space, they're becoming more and more popular. You know, Amy Porterfield has eight and Marie Forleo has seven. And you know, a lot of my clients are on their 
third, fourth, and fifth because it's addicting. Once you like own a trademark and own your brand and you can stop other people from using your name within your industry, it can be really powerful. So mm. it does take a while. It can take up to a year. It is an investment. You want to make sure to hire a trademark attorney. Um, but the, the payoff is, is really awesome. So that's just something to keep in mind. Yes, I love that. And actually just on that, when obviously like an answer to this would be at the start, but when feels like a really good time, like are there any kind of signs or signals of a good time to be like, right, I should probably think about trademarking this. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to use something called the gut punch test. So I actually think like trademarking is almost more emotional than than anything else um, because we do become attached to our business names and so it, it might be like you know seeing your boyfriend making out with someone else and you just <laughs> getting a huge like punch in the gut right yeah. if you think think of your business name your brand name that you have loved and grown over the years and invested time and money in Think of that in your head. If you get an email tomorrow with a cease and desist letter saying someone else got the trademark and you have to rebrand in 10 days, how do you feel? Like if you get the gut punch when you're thinking of your name, then it's time to trademark. Mm, that is a great answer. I feel like that's the perfect thing. I love that. Um, okay, amazing. Well, that's been so action-packed, so value-packed, so many people after this are gonna have to go on your website and get some of your templates and we'll put the put the links in the show notes awesome. so before we give everybody all your links let's um go through the quick fire round so it's just three short questions so yes. are you ready sarah i'm ready <laughs> okay so the first one is how did you get your very first five sales in your business Definitely from in-person people that I had met while traveling that were business owners and found out I was an attorney. Mm, yeah, I love that. So very natural, very yeah. organic. Um, and what is your number one tip for overcoming fear in business? <sighs> do it anyway. Just do it. I mean, there's really that it's it really is that simple and that hard, right? Because yeah. if you really do fear something, but I, I found this time and time again, you know, with being on video and doing interviews and, and putting myself out there, like the one, the more you do it, the better you are. And so I think they, there's a quote, right? That everything you want is on the other side of fear or something like that. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Just this pattern with what everybody says. So I think that's just the recipe, right? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be yeah. great. Um, okay. And then the third question is always left for the next guest from the previous guest. So your question is, what does mindfulness mean to you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think to me, it just means self reflection and really being aware almost listening to your intuition i guess like really um being in the moment and being present and listening to who you are that's what i think of when i think of mindfulness yeah that's beautiful i love that okay amazing so Sarah, where can the listeners go find your templates, go look you up, go find out more about you? And I'll put all the links in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. So destinationlegal.com is our website. And then on Instagram at Destination Legal. You can find me soon on Instagram at legally.sarah. I'm starting my own kind of travel mommy business owner account. So that's kind of exciting. Um, but also something that we're doing right now um, are free 15 minute legal lightning calls. And these are like mini audits of your business because what we found is, as we said, like legal can be a bit confusing. You know, sometimes people just want to talk to a real person, right? We're not legal zoom. We are online business owners, just like all of our customers. And so, you know, these lightning calls are quick with me or my team where we can just get in and help you figure out that legal roadmap, what you need now, what you don't need now, um, so that you can walk away just feeling more confident. So those are at destinationlegal.com forward slash lightning. 
Oh, amazing. That's really, really great. And I'll put those links in the show notes. And actually just one important question, because I know people are going to ask, yeah. Does can people all over the world use your services or is it specific countries? Great question, especially since I'm sure you have a global audience. So yes, our templates can be used worldwide. We have lots of, of people that have bought from Australia, Canada, UK, the EU. Um, the only caveat to that is, of course, it's a template. So there's no 100% guarantee that it's it's going to work in your specific country. Um, we've never had any issues. Common law is contract law, which is virtually the same in, in Australia, Canada, UK, and the US. Um, but if you have any questions and you're in another country, you can always get a template and then have a local attorney review it, which will be much cheaper than having them drafted from scratch. Amazing. Okay. What a great episode. I feel like that was so useful. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah, and sharing your time. You're so welcome. Thank you. Just a little pause to tell you about an incredible opportunity for any of you craving a reset. You know you need to make a big change in your life, but you need the space to actually breathe, process, and get clarity on what choices you actually want to make. This is your exclusive invitation to join myself, my team, and a small group of high-achieving women at our luxurious and transformational women's retreat in Bali on May the 26th to June the 1st. Enter a world where all it takes is one week for your mind and body to reset. Immerse yourself in nature where your daily responsibilities are nowhere to be found. You'll finally have the space to heal and get the clarity you need to dive confidently into your true path of freedom. Going to Bali changed my life. I just had this calling to do something different. I knew I needed to shake things up. I knew I needed to change my environment, get out of the stagnant energy of the city and broaden my perspectives. I wouldn't be running my business from the tropics if it wasn't for my first trip to Bali and I've created the retreat I wished I had at the start of my journey. You'll be receiving world-class healing, coaching and wellness experiences, including like a clarity and life design workshop, the art of receiving workshop, a one-to-one -one business coaching session or life coaching session, emotional and stored energy relief breath work, inner healing through therapy, sound healing in the pyramids of chi, a sacred Balinese water purification ceremony with priestess Ryan, Reiki energy healing, a women's circle and new moon ceremony to set our intentions, and community connection and belonging. Breakfast and lunch will be prepared by our private chefs at Motion Fitness Food, really delicious healthy foods you'll also get one relaxing balmese massage with our invilla therapist unlimited coconuts to keep you refreshed and pick up and drop off airport transfers to denver airport we'll be staying in a luxury riverside villa in the balinese jungle of ubud the healing capital of the world complete with a stunning infinity pool jacuzzi private chefs and coconuts on tap Spaces are very limited. Once the rooms are booked, they're gone. And we're running a special early bird discount until the end of February. So tap the link in the show notes for the link to join. And we could be meeting each other in Bali very soon.